if uh, you would, I, I want to, we have some uh, special guests with us today. They're uh, traveling from a long way. Would you make them welcome as they come in? Isn't that just the way it is? <laughs> we always want someone to serve us, but sometimes we have difficult time serving others. I want to speak to you today on this topic. Turn around and look at your neighbor, and I want you to say this with me. At your service. <laughs> Let me read uh, for you from John the 13th chapter, and then we're going to get in to the message. Before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave this world and return to his Father. He had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth, and now he loved them to the very end. So he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with a the towel he had around him. When Jesus came to Simon Peter, Peter said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you don't understand now what I'm doing, but someday you will. No, Peter protested, you'll never wash my feet. Jesus replied, or Jesus replied, unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. Simon Peter exclaimed, then wash my hands and my head as well, Lord, not just my feet. Jesus replied, a person who has bathed all over does not need to wash except for the feet to be entirely clean. And you disciples are clean, but not all of you. For Jesus knew who would betray him. That was what he meant when he said, not all of you. After washing their feet, he put his robe on again, sat down and asked, do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord, and you're right, because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I've given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. I tell you the truth. Slaves are not greater than their master, nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word because it's life to us. We ask you, God, speak into our hearts today so we understand what it is you're saying to us. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, I want everybody to take your shoes and socks off. Come up here. We're going to have foot washing. <laughs> I'm just kidding. What, what are you getting at? Here's, here's, what, here's what I'm saying is this, is that sometimes we read that and we don't understand what he was saying. Now, I, I, how many of you have ever been a part of a foot wash? And I've washed a number of feet in my time, folks, <clears throat> including my own. But there was something that Jesus was trying to communicate here that sometimes get lost. One, I've preached this message before, and one of the things I show in this passage is that Jesus is communicating forgiveness. Because he washes, he, he goes to wash Peter's feet, 
Peter looks at him and said, you're never going to wash my feet. And he tells him, he said, Peter, if I don't wash you, you've got no part of me. And Peter said, well, not just my feet, but my hands and my head also. And Peter said, look, or Jesus said, look, all you need to do is wash your feet. The rest of you is clean. Here's what Jesus was communicating. You're getting ready to, to deny me. He already knew that. He told Peter that Peter would deny him. So what he's communicating to Peter is these, your feet are getting ready to take you in a place that you're going to be sorry you went. So before you ever do it, I'm washing your feet now to demonstrate to you that I forgive you. So if I'm willing to forgive you, then you ought to be willing to forgive others. How many of you have ever found it difficult to forgive? How many of you ever found it difficult to tell the truth? <laughs> you see, here's the truth. It's, it's, it's hard to say, I forgive you. Well, really, it's not hard to say it, but it's hard to do it. You know, I've heard that before. You know, my mom, when we were kids, I got into it with my brother, you know, and, and mom said, you go in. And man, he was a lot bigger than I was. So when I hit him, it was self-defense. I'm thinking, look, you know, I'm just trying to survive in this household. And, and, and he, you know, he just, you know, and, and so mom said, you get in there and you tell him you're sorry. So I walked in, I said, I'm sorry. that your head ran into my fist. No, I didn't, I didn't say it like that. I just said, I said, I'm, I'm sorry. And he goes, well, just forget it. I'll be glad to. See, there's got to be something real about forgiveness or it just becomes a facade. But there's something else that Jesus is communicating here, and that's what I want to focus on today. And that's about servitude. Washing feet was the lowliest task you could do. I mean, you know, that was for the illustration, you know, today that people come out. I mean, how many get excited about washing someone else's feet? You know, that sounds like a good form of punishment, you know. Make it, probably those of you that have children, it'd probably be a good thing if you made them wash each other's feet, you know. If, if they all get mad at each other, just say, okay, you're going to wash each other's feet until you forgive one another. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> He's trying to communicate servitude to them. And so it, it's hard for them to wrap their mind around that. It was the lowliest place on the totem pole. As a matter of fact, in the book of Luke, Jesus went to a Pharisee's house named Simon. And when he got into that house... He, he'd been there for a while when this woman came in that didn't have a very good reputation and she started washing his feet and, and kissing his feet and, and anointing his feet and Simon doesn't say anything. How many of you know that God knows your thoughts? Simon doesn't say anything, but he just starts thinking, well, if he was a prophet, he'd know what kind of woman that was and he wouldn't let her touch him. Pride and arrogance on full display. You know, it would do you good. Let me rephrase that. It would do us good if before we start pointing fingers at someone else, we remembered where we came from. Amen. 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 
I wasn't born saved. I had to get born again to get that way. And so it's important for you to remember because it's easy for us to give ourselves a pass but not anyone else. And so you've got to remember where you come from. And so Jesus addresses the Pharisee. He knows what he's thinking. Jesus says to him, Simon, I, let me ask you something. He said, yeah, go, go ahead. He said, there, there are two guys that owe this creditor money. One of them borrowed 50 silver pieces from him. The other one borrowed 500 silver pieces from him. And when it came time to pay up, neither one of them had any money to pay. And so the creditor looked at him and he decided that he would forgive them both. And, and, and he just wiped out the debt for both of them. He said, which one of those individuals do you think are going to love that creditor more? And Simon looked at Jesus and said, I suppose the one that he forgave the most to. And he said, you answered that right. Now let's get where the rubber meets the road. Jesus didn't say it like that, but this is what he was talking about. He said, I came into your house and you didn't offer any water to wash my feet. But this woman came and she's been washing my feet with her tears. You, di you, you didn't greet me with a, a kiss. You didn't. And that was just how... They greeted each other. I got into Russia one time and some guys were trying to kiss me on the mouth. And I said, folks, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> and so it was, you know, they, they'd kiss on the side of the cheek. And, and he said, you, you didn't greet me with a kiss. said, but this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet. She's not making a play for Jesus. She's humbling herself in the lowest form she knows how because she feels so unworthy. He said, I came into your house and you didn't offer any olive oil to anoint my head. But this woman has anointed my feet with perfume. So her sins, which are many, are forgiven her because she loved much. Serving is not what we do to get saved. It's a response of the love of God that reached out and rescued us. And so he's communicating to them. And, and when they come in, I want you to get this scene in, 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 your, in, in your mind. They, they walk into this place, and when they walk into this place, Nobody grabbed a towel up to wash the feet of the Lord because they probably figured if I start washing his feet, everybody else is going to expect me to wash their feet. You know how that little thing works in there. Well, I don't mind doing it for him, but I sure don't want to do it for them. But he said, inasmuch as you did it to the least of these, my brethren, you did it unto me at your service. But they're wrestling with it. They're struggling with it. They don't pick up a towel. 
Nobody picks up a towel. I thought about how that sometimes we wrestle with things that are hard for us to overcome. How many of you know what I'm talking about when I say a pecking order? So there's, you know, I'm the head of my house. Just ask my wife because she gave me permission to say so. <laughs> See, sometimes we like to lord it over folks. You know what I'm talking about? I, I, how many, I've had, I've had some great bosses in my day when I worked a secular job. I had some great bosses. And I had some bosses that didn't know up from down. Now, I'm not, I, I'm just, I, I'm just making a statement of fact. You say, well, what'd you do? I still served. Now, I've got to tell you the truth. I had difficulty serving those that didn't know up from down. I had people come in and tell me, I want you to run this, you know, I, I was working in a factory with, you know, doing wire and I, Supervisor came up and said, I want you to run this wire. I said, this wire's splitting. It's coming apart. Run it. I said, okay. I turned around, looked at my material handler. I said, we're going to run this wire. I said, but don't put my clock number on it. The, the supervisor said, uh, uh, you have to put your clock number on it. I said, no, because I know what's going to happen. This is going to go out when it comes back because it's no good. You're going to have temporary amnesia and forget all about telling me to have run it. No, 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 you've got to put your clock number on it. I said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'm going to write your name on every box. Wait a minute. See, sometimes people are asking you to do things that they themselves would not do. And that, my friend, is not service. That's manipulation. But what you've got to do, so Jesus looks at them and Jesus tells them, I, I wonder what went through their mind when all of a sudden Jesus grabs a towel, starts to wrap it around him, and he goes out there and he sits down and he starts washing feet. I can tell you what happened, absolutely nothing. Not until he got to Peter. I don't know how many disciples' feet he washed before he got to Peter, but Peter was the only one that stood up and said, wait a minute, man, I'm not going to let you wash my feet because Peter recognized who he was. But there's something that Peter didn't do. Peter didn't offer to wash his feet. Peter didn't offer to wash anyone else's feet. You see, when you fall in love with God, it'll cause something in your heart to want to come alive and begin to serve others. It's not self-service any longer. It's, I'm at your service. Amen. They, they just let it go. I did mission work for years. And people that traveled with me said, man, that guy. Well, let me tell you what they said at the beginning of the trip because I had to learn how to be a good leader. They said, that guy's a slave driver. It's what they said at the beginning. And it's because I was so focused on the task 
that I wasn't letting anyone enjoy their journey, including myself. You see, if you don't learn how to enjoy your journey, no one making the trip with you is going to enjoy it either. Until you learn that living for God is not a drudgery. It's not, it's not demanding a pound of flesh. You say, well, well if I live for God, then, then, you know, I can't do things I want to do. That's the real world. You, can you do whatever you want to do on your job? Can you do whatever you want to do when you're in a movie theater? If you think you can, holler fire one time and find out what happens. You can't just do any old thing. That's just life. It's about learning to submit. I don't like to submit. I was in a church one time uh, when I was evangelized, and I was in a church one time. I asked everybody, I want you to stand and raise your hands with me. After service was over, I had a lady come up to me. I was always very tactful when I traveled. I had a lady walk up to me, and she said, you know what, preacher? I don't like it when you tell everybody to stand up and raise their hands. I said, that's exactly what your problem is. You don't like being told what to do. <laughs> Her mouth dropped open about that big, but the pastor was grinning. What are you saying? It's, look, none of us enjoy being told what to do. So the question becomes, what's going to order your life? Your own thoughts, somebody else's thoughts, or his word? So everybody's got to have some type of foundation. Everybody's got to have a compass that's pointing the direction. That's why it's so important that your compass is right or you can't detect a true north. And if you don't know where north is, you don't know where anything else is either. And so, when your heart responds out of love, it becomes easier to serve. My wife came to me and told me, she said, Honey, if, if you don't lighten up, you're going to make, I mean, you, you know, you've got to learn how to enjoy your journey. You're just so tense. I said, I am not tense. <laughs> I'm having a wonderful time. And then I, I realized that, look, I've got to learn how to enjoy serving him. I've met folks and I've been one of those folks. And I met folks that, when, you know, serving God. See, it was the reason I was like that is because there was a mission in front of me. I had to get a church built, and I had five days or four days to get it done. And I, I was so focused at that, I forgot about everything else that matters. I forgot about people having joy on their journey. I forgot about being able to smile and, and have a good time. And those things aren't a sin, you know. <laughs> I forgot about how to lighten the load. Jesus said, my yoke is easy, my burden's light. And I got down and I began to pray. And I said, God, I'm asking you to please help me enjoy my journey so I can cause others to enjoy theirs. And God did something unique to me. All of a sudden, 
I left the bullwhip at home. <laughs> I wasn't cracking it. I, I, I traded the bullwhip in for a bullhorn. <laughs> and I would get the bullhorn out and I'd say, good morning, everybody. Let's load them up and move them out. Literally, that's what, I'm not making that up, am I? And so that, that, that's what would happen. And, and, and people went out and, they, and we started enjoying the journey. But I never asked someone to do something that I wasn't willing to do myself. So, but you a preacher. I put my pants on the same way everybody else does. Jesus made this statement. He said, he that will be greatest among you will be servant to all. So there's something I'm going to try and emulate for you. That's how to serve. It's how to be able to come down to where people are at and communicate with them and not make them feel like they don't count or they don't matter. Because everybody matters to God. All those guys watch him washing feet, but none of them, even Peter, even after he washes his Jesus, or Jesus washes his feet, he doesn't volunteer to wash the feet of Jesus. Do you ever see that? Never strike you odd that he goes through 12 disciples and not one of them offer to return the kindness that was shown to him. Not one of them say, Lord, here, let me wash your feet. Not one of them stop in the middle of it and after their feet have been washed, they say, let me, let me wash yours now. Not one. And I think about how that relates to us. Is that after we've received the grace of God and the goodness of God and the mercy of God and that's been communicated to us, God help me not to sit silent on a church or inside of a church on a padded chair. It used to be hard pews. On a padded chair and keep that to myself. How could I receive that kindness and that kind of love and not want to share that with someone else? I'd invite you down to our church, but I like the fact that they love me. And I'm afraid if I invite you down, there may not be enough love to go around. Isn't it odd? Now, let me, let me get to, that, to where the rubber meets the road here. How many of you have ever noticed that you will communicate to your family in a harsher tone then you communicate to strangers. Your kids have their friends over. Shoes are left in the middle of the floor. You get up next morning, Caitlin, what are your shoes doing in the middle of the floor? Those aren't my shoes. Those are well, you get, you, you get them up. They're your friend. Get them up. You don't go, what's your friend's name? Oh, she's not telling. <laughs> All right, Bailey, Bailey, where you at? What are your shoes doing in the middle of my... No, no, you don't do that. We show kindness. My goodness, man, if we're kind to strangers, shouldn't we be kind to each other? 
shouldn't we love one another? Now, let me share this with you, you know, because these disciples didn't have any problem. Jesus makes a statement. He said, do you know what I've done to you? Do you understand what I've done? He said, you call me Lord and Master. He said, I am. He said, so if I've done this to you, then you ought to do this to one another. Now, his disciples never had a problem. They never argued about who was going to get to wash each other's feet. Not one argument recorded in Scripture where Peter jumped up and said, John, sit down, I'm washing your feet. And John said, no, you're not, Peter, I'm washing your feet. That's not recorded. But there is some arguments that show up throughout all the Gospels where they start arguing about which one of them is the greatest. Are you kidding, man? I'm his right-hand man. He gave me a special name. My name is Cephas. It means stone. That's because you're a hardhead. You ain't nothing, Peter. We're the sons of thunder. <laughs> yeah, that's because you're saying you want us to call fire down out of heaven and kill all these people. You don't see John step up and say, well, huh. You know who the beloved disciple is, right? <laughs> no. Or do you? What do you mean? It's James and John that go to Jesus with their mama. Everybody say, that's my mama. <laughs> and the mama, let me borrow you a minute. Come on, mama. <laughs> The mama shows up with James and John. Now, these are grown men, and they bring mama. <laughs> I got a young-looking mama, don't I? They, they, they bring mama, and, and, and mama comes up, and Jesus says, well, what do you want me to do? And she bowed down at Jesus' feet. She literally bowed to his feet, and, and Jesus said, what do you want me to do? And she takes her two little children, grown men, and said, I want you to put, make sure that one of them are sitting on your right hand and the other on your left hand in the kingdom. And Jesus say, what? <laughs> said, look, I can't do that. That's not mine to give. And then when all the disciples find out what's going on, they, I got to, come here a minute, James. Is there a John in this auditorium? <laughs> and, and, and what do you mean going up there, you know, trying to get your mama to get you a place? How low is that? can't believe you did that. But then a few chapters later, I think it's the seventh chapter of Luke, where they're all in an argument on the way as they're walking. Jesus gets to, I believe it's Capernaum, and he says, what, what, guy, what were you guys arguing about all the way? And they did what James did just a moment ago. They all went. <laughs> Why? Because on the way there, They'd all been arguing about which one of them was going to be the greatest in the kingdom. Thank you, James. And so, Jesus makes a statement to them, and he said, He that's greatest among you will be servant to all. Everybody say all. I need to improve my serve. I need to let him know that I'm at his service. See, we don't mind if someone asks us to speak. And we don't mind if someone asks us to sing. But what if somebody asks you to scrub the toilet? 
Oh, you got to be kidding me, man. Before I was ever standing behind a pulpit, I was scrubbing toilets. What's your point? My point is don't lose track of who we are. Jesus makes a statement and he said that the servant is not greater than the master. And the one that takes the message isn't greater than the one that sent it. You've got to remember whose service you're at. Somebody say it one more time, at your service. Come here a minute, Danny. Can you sit down there? Can you take your shoes off? Okay, I need somebody to come up here and wash his feet. See, that's what we do. That's what we do. We're trying to find somebody else to do something that we don't want to do. You can, as long as you wash my tie. <laughs> you take one, you take one, I'll take the other. Are you ticklish? No. Are you sure? <laughs> While he's finishing up. So, when we talk about an act of service, everybody say an act of service. Jesus is instructing his disciples. Let me, let me just, let me run this by you again. He said, I have given you an example to follow. Give them a hand, would you? You call. You call me teacher and Lord, and I am. Since your Lord and teachers washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. He said, do as I have done to you. Servants not greater than the master. Now that you know these things... God will bless you for doing them. He's calling them into service. Jesus is instructing the disciples not to look for titles and positions, but look for the opportunity to serve. When I was a young man, I, I belonged to an uh, organization, and I was taken aside, and they were talking to me about well, why do you want to be ordained as a minister? And I'm, I'm just going to be real honest with you. I'm thinking, I can't believe you're asking me this. You, you came and told me that I have to get ordained, and now you're asking me why I want to? And I, I, thought, I looked at him, I said, well, I said, I just... You know, and I, I said, look, I said, what's important to me? Because I was working with young people. I said, what's important to me is working with young people. And I said, now, if you, if you don't want to ordain me, I understand, and that's okay. But I'm going to continue to work with young people. And they looked at me, no, no, we want to ordain you. 
It's like they wanted me, I, I, it's like they wanted me to kind of, you know, beg for it. Titles and positions are not what make you a servant. It, it, it comes from your heart. It's, it's when all of a sudden that the act of what you're doing is more important than the title of what you're doing. When all of a sudden it's in your heart to want to serve. Everybody say, I want to serve. I want to serve. And you say, well, how important is that? Let me, let me share this with you. Let, we, we've got a a lady that we do uh, hope here that's to the homeless, right? And then this, there, we have a lady in here. Her name is Amy. And Amy has been, you know, the Lord was dealing with Amy about doing service with hope. Well, yeah, I'd like to do that. No, I'm not talking about, you know, doing, you know, passing out soap and, 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 you know, and clothes and stuff like that. God was dealing with Amy. Well, let me just put the thing up so I can show you. God was dealing with Amy about setting up a tent. Do we have that illustration? And the tent was going to say, bless my soul. S-O-L-E. See, that S looks like a foot. And she said, God was dealing with me about setting up a tent where I could wash these folks' feet. Because I've been told that Sometimes they, because they're afraid to take off their shoes and socks for fear they'll get stolen, that sometimes the socks are adhered to the flesh and they've got to soak them to be able to get them off. And she said, God kept dealing with me about this. And she said, and I thought, no, no, God, I don't want you. She said, as a matter of fact, I hope this is okay. Where are you at, Amy? It's a little late if you tell me no now. And, and she said, I was going, you know, all week long. And she said, for like two weeks, she said, I was, I was going through, and God would be telling me that. And she said, I would just be in the house going, no, no. But how many of you know that God knows how? And he didn't do it by threatening her. He does it by apprehending us, by squeezing on our heart and causing us to remember how good he's been to us. And so right now they're in the process of getting a tent together and she's going to have that sign outside that says, bless my soul. She's going to have a shirt or, or an apron made that says, Soul, S-O-L-E, soul sister. <laughs> now, I know, I know that you're saying, you know, this, I mean, come on, man, washing somebody's feet. And I'm not saying that's the service that you have to do, but I'm just saying the willingness to serve. Now, in case some of you are going, but washing feet, I mean, really? What, 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 I mean, what could that possibly do? I'm glad you asked. Several years ago, a friend of ours, more than a friend, it was Debbie's brother. His name's Tim. Some of you have met him. Tim had experienced burnout in ministry. He'd spiraled downward. He decided, he said, I'm going to take a sabbatical. He left the church. He left ministry. And that sabbatical went on for five years. You see, once you step away, sometimes it's hard to step back. And that sabbatical continued to go on until one day there was a gathering and our daughter Bethany went up to him and she said, 
Uncle Tim, can I wash your feet? He looked at her and he, she said, I really feel like God wants me to wash your feet. And she set him down and she went and got a pail of water and she began to wash his feet. And as she washed his, his feet, his head dropped and he, he looked at her and he said, why are you doing this? And she looked up at him and she said, I, I just think about the scripture. How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace. <laughs> and when she said that, something inside Timmy broke. Tears started streaming down his face like a river as he began to sob before God and as God began to heal that heart Amen. that was so broken. Within just a few months of that, Timmy didn't just go back into the ministry, but God put him back at the same church that he left. <laughs> How many of you know that's God? That's God. And so it was an act of humility. It was an act of service that brought Timmy's heart home. Have you ever had someone love you that was a stranger to you? Someone show a kindness and they just looked at you and said, well, I just feel like God wants me to do this. I can't tell you the number of times when we traveled that I saw my wife go up to a complete stranger and she'd say, I've got a scripture for you. And that person would break down and begin to weep and cry. I was filling the car up with gas one time and from the time it took me to go inside and pay for the gas and come back outside, Debbie's got some lady in the middle of the parking lot. She's in tears, giving her heart to God. And I'm thinking, that ain't right. I mean, man, I have to preach a message and pour my heart out, you know, and she's out here in two minutes, you know, she got somebody crying. I'm thinking, forget this, I'm going to let her preach from now on. <laughs> it's that connection. It's that act of service that makes all the difference in the world. When I was traveling to Russia and they were asking me, please, Rick, please come to our church. Please come to our church. And I looked at him. I said, but I, I, didn't, I didn't bring any gifts for your church. I had passed out all the gifts I had. I, I said, I don't want to go empty-handed. And they looked at me and they rebuked me. They looked at me and they said, they don't want your gifts. They want you to know that someone in a faraway land loves them and cares about them and came all this way to be there for them is worth more than anything that you can ever give them. It's just that act of service. Whether it's crossing the street or crossing the ocean, it's that act of saying, here I am, God, at your service. Would you stand with me? He 
that will be greatest among you will be servant to all. Hebrews 6, 10, the writer says, For God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown toward his name, and that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. Everybody say, do minister. But in an act of service, choosing to serve is a decision. It's a choice that you have to make for yourself. I've done a lot of acts of service that my heart wasn't in. <laughs> it's hard for your heart to be in crawling underneath a house and working on plumbing. <laughs> but it needed to be done. And so I did it. But that's nothing. That's nothing compared to the act of service that Christ did for us. And he told you right up front, I don't want to do this. He said it plain. I don't want this cup. He said, God, if there's any way, Father, if there's any way, let this cup pass. Can I put it in plain English? Get me out of this. I mean, if there's any way that you can do it, please get me out of this. I don't want to do this. But if you're telling me that this is the only way that they can be saved, then not my will, but your will be done. I'll swallow my self-will and I'll choose to say yes. Now remember, it's your choice. So this is what I'm asking you to do today. Every towel doesn't look the same. Every act of service can be different. If I got up and I said, I'm going to choose as an act of service to sing, nobody's going to be blessed over that. You have to learn where your service is. But I want to sing, but you can't sing. Me and my wife have had this conversation for years. She said, I'll tell you one thing, you're better than you were when I first met you. <laughs> so the question becomes, am I willing? See, we don't want, if we're not, care, if, if we're not careful what we'll do, is we'll do kind of like the disciples did. And we'll say, well, I'm willing to serve as long as it's in this area. As long as it's someplace where I get recognized, where people can see me. It's what brings me here every Sunday. You're really not serving 
until you learn how to serve in the shadows before you serve in the spotlight. Yesterday, Debbie went to Valerie and said, okay, if I tell this, thank you. Yesterday, Debbie went to uh, Big River, or what's it called? River to River, went to River to River. And they were going in there to, you know, do the, massage the hands of the older people and paint their fingernails, you know, and spend time with them. And Valerie, it was Valerie's first time and Valerie was going down the hall and as she's going down the hall, she looked at Debbie and her eyes got real big and she said, I've never done anything like this. And Debbie put her arm around her and said, well, you're, today you're facing it. Today you're going to conquer it. And she had a fear of going into a room full of strangers and, and serving. And she, now see some of you may not have a fear of doing that at all. But it petrified her and it was real to her. And Debbie just embraced and said, it's going to be okay. And Debbie found a lady and set her down with Valerie and, 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 and said, okay, here's your lady. And, and so Valerie starts and they, man, they hit it off. As a matter of fact, they did so well. They're there for an hour. Valerie was there for two hours. She went to the lady's room and spent another hour with her there. She texted Debbie and she said, man, I'm up for the next one. I'm ready, I'm ready to go. I'm... But it's about facing those fears. It's about pushing past what you're comfortable with and doing an act of service for the Lord at your service. So today at the end of this service, at the end of this message. What I'm asking you to do is everyone that in your heart, you're saying, I want to do something for God. I want to do an act of service for God. And, and God, I'm telling you up front, it doesn't matter to me what it is as long as it's pleasing to you. Because if we're doing only what we want to do, that's not an act of service. That's an act of self-gratification. But it's when you're willing to say, God, I'll do it even though I don't want to do it. I had, I don't know if I ought to say that or not. We'll go on. There, there are a lot of things that are involved in and around ministry that I don't care a lot for. You should have never said that, Pastor. But I do it. And there's something that I've discovered this once I wade out in it and start doing it, I find a grace there that I never thought I had. I never wanted to pastor a church. I told people, I had people telling me, I think you're a pastor. I was thinking, I think you're wrong. <laughs> Literally, you talk to my wife, man, people, you know, for years when we traveled, I, God's going to make you a pastor one of these days. I rebuke that. Because <laughs> that, that didn't appeal to me. Thinking about being in one place with the same people for a long time was not up my alley. 
until God changed the alley I was in. And I started feeling things I'd never felt before. And I thought, no, God, I can't do this. Man, I've already told everybody, no, God, I can't do this. I've already told everybody, no, God, I can't. I've already told everybody. You see, we're more concerned about what we told everybody else than about what God told us. And I finally said, okay, God, if this is you, I'm not saying a word. I would not breathe a word to Debbie until all of a sudden Debbie looked at me one day and she said, I'm starting to fall in love with these people. And I thought, oh, no. <laughs> now, you couldn't pry us out of here. Well, wouldn't you like to go back to evangelizing? Oh, evangelizing. Man, I don't know how people do that. I can't stand that. I don't ever want to do that. I don't just, I don't. I'm in a new lane. And if you'll just follow after him, he'll get you in the lane he wants you in. Amen. So this is what I want you to do today. You're in this building. Now, if you've got to take a long time with this, then, you know, it's kind of like, oh, I'll do it, Pastor, but I really don't want to. If your heart is, I just want to serve. I just want to serve. Well, what I want you to do is come out of those pews as quickly as you can and pick up, don't grab a handful of these, pick up one of these towels. Where did these come from? They all look different. They all came from one towel. From our bathroom. It was clean. But they're in different colors, they're different shapes, they're different sizes. That can't all be from the same towel. We have a very colorful bathroom. Here's what I'm saying. It's everybody's service isn't going to look the same. What God's asking you to do, he may not ask someone else to do. So don't judge each other according to service. Just stay focused on him and stay in your lane. And God will bless you where you're at. So as they sing right now, I'm going to give you just a few moments. Everyone that will, it's got a heart to do this. I want you to come up right now and grab, grab a towel. Quick. Very quickly, very quickly. Stay up front. Don't, don't leave. Stay up front once you get your towel. Everybody come up, grab a towel. Once you get, once you get a towel, kind of back up so other people can get through. Grab your towel. Take it all, take it all. My life in your hands. We still got some. I want everybody to get one. Everybody get one. There's more down here if you didn't get one. Come up, grab one. Anybody else need one? We got some right here. Here, some of them can't reach. Hand those to the back. One behind you. One behind you. Everybody else got one? Anybody need one? Everybody got one? Okay, once you got it, hold it up. 
This is what I want you to do. I'm, we're going to pray in here together. Now, this is, this is the thing. Church is a wonderful place because we come here to get ministered to. But hear me. It's an impossibility for you to get ministered to unless someone's doing the ministering. Let me say it one more time. It's impossible for you to get ministered to unless someone is doing the ministering. Let me say it this way. You can't get ministered to unless someone's volunteered and said, here I am, God, use me. So in our Sunday school classes right now, there are some people that aren't in here because they picked up a towel and they said, here I am, God, use me. On Wednesday nights, all the young people go over to the Life Center and, and they have a big time and they eat and they play games and they worship and, and they come out of there energized, but it's because somebody picked up a towel and said, here I am, God, use me. My challenge to you is to be thankful for what God's done in your life and say God I thank you because you've ministered to me but now I'm asking you to show me how I can minister to others show me how I can become involved how I can be a part but it, it may be a Sunday school teacher it may be a volunteer in, in on Wednesday nights it, it could be that God speaks to you to bake a pie and walk across the street and give it to your next-door neighbor you know the one that can't stand you the one that keeps griping about your crabgrass the one that you can't hardly stomach Oh, God. I'll, I mean, I don't mind baking a pie and I'll give it to anybody except. That's self-gratification. It's self-service. Everybody say, it's not self-service. We need to be in His service. So as we pray together, I'm asking you, look, I, I want you to be sincere about this. I'm asking you with a transparent heart to go before God and say, God, what do you want me to do? I want to do something. I, I remember a time in my life that I was so hungry to do something. I was so hungry. I just went and asked the pastor, which was my brother at that time. We were in a little storefront church and I said, can I be the janitor? He looked at me and said, you've got to be kidding me. He knew what my room looked like. I said, no, I, no, I'm serious. I, I needed to do something. He was in a service one night when a guy called me out and prayed over me and told me that, you know, that God's ministry was on my life and prophesied over me what I would do. So Daryl in his infinite wisdom puts me up in about two weeks to do that. I wasn't ready for that. That nearly, he put me up and said, I want you to preach. I got up, man, my hands sweated, my knees knocked. I thought, God, if this is what you want me to do, you can take me home now. Because I can't do this. If you're willing to start where he wants you to, rather than what your brother says to you, 
what somebody else says to you. You know, I knew a guy, and I'm, I'm not trying to prolong this, but I just want you to get the seriousness of this. I knew a guy, he, he was a young man. His mom told him, you're called to preach. You don't need to work. I thought, where did you ever read that? It ruined that young man's life. The scripture said, if a man doesn't work, neither should he eat. What are you getting at? I'm saying that God wants us in the field. He said the harvest is ripe, but the laborers are few. So as you pray this prayer with me right now, hold it up. You don't care who's seeing you, who's, who's watching it. Go like this. Just Matter of fact, just wave it around a little bit so everybody can see it. See, that's the biggest thing we wrestle with. Well, I, I, I'll serve, but I don't want nobody to see me. Just let God yes. be God in you. You know what? If you're a voice that speaks value into another individual's life, you don't have any idea how much that's worth to them. I had a guy, a kid walk in. I've known of folks that I've read, I, I read a story about this young man that his dad came to him, walked up to him and he said, here, I want to pin this on you. And the button said, who you are makes a difference. And he looked at him and he said, do you know what? He said, I had a young man pin this on me today. And he told me that my life had made a difference in his life because he watched how I do business and, and operated with integrity. And he asked me to pin this button on someone else that made a difference in my life. He said, son, I thought about it all day long. As I got closer home, I thought about no one but you because you've made such an impact in my life and I'm so proud to call you my son. And he pinned it on that boy and that boy broke down and started crying. And he looked over at his dad, his dad looked at him, he said, what's wrong? And the son got an, a letter out off of his table or off of his dresser and handed it to his dad. He said, dad, he said, I thought you didn't care. This is a suicide note. I'd made up my mind I was gonna take my life. But those words of affirmation were what saved him. Make a difference if you're willing. Stretch those hands to heaven with me right now. Come on, pray this prayer with me. God, here I am. God, here. And I'm asking you to use me any way, anywhere you choose. I'm not after the title. I'm not after a position. I just want to serve you. Not to be saved, but because you saved me. I want to show my love for you to others in a practical way. I thank you for it right now. In Jesus' name. Come on, give me a hand clap of praise in here today. Sing it.
take this home with you and either put it on your refrigerator or put it in a prominent place so you can see it. And every day you get up, I want you to pray, God, I'm believing you. I'm at your service. And let it serve as a reminder that we've been bought with a price. We're not our own, and he loves us. Come on, give him one more great big hand clap of praise. God bless you today. Walk in the strength and the power of his word. If you're in here and you've got a special need, we're going to pray for you. Come to the front. But you walk out of here today knowing that you're the head and not the tail, above and not beneath, and God has called you into his service. God bless you today. We hope you've been touched by today's message. I wanted to take a moment and just remind you how very much God loves you. The Apostle Peter tells us that it's not his will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. In the book of Jeremiah, the 29th chapter, God speaks through the prophet and tells us that I know what my plans are for you, that they're plans for good and not for destruction, to give you a future and a hope. That's what God wants for your life. He has a plan and a purpose designed specifically for you. And you can walk into that plan and purpose by just asking him in your heart today. I wonder if you'd take a moment right now and just stop wherever you're at and pray this prayer with me. God, I ask you to forgive me of all of my sin. Lord, I believe that Jesus was crucified on my behalf that you raised him from the dead so that I could have life. And right now, I accept you as my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer and you meant it from your heart, we believe that angels are rejoicing in heaven because you've come home. Now the important thing is for you to find a good Bible-believing church and become a part of that as you continue your journey with Jesus. We want to invite you to come and be with us any chance you get. Until then, remember, Jesus loves you, and we do too.